Well, my friends, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a terrific day today, as always. I encourage you to be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com if you guys need anything at all. And be sure to check out the product of the week on sale for the last day, the liver support formula. Incredibly good product. And uh, vote for what you want to see when tomorrow's product of the week looks like the magnificent. Magnesium brain food is ticking to the top of the list like normal. <laughs> One of the top products we have. Magnesium is essential for the body. Be sure to check it out. And we thank you again for the support and getting the truth out there with us every single day. A lot of stuff happening on a regular basis and uh, one of the first things I saw earlier now and I've heard about this a couple times up in Canada and apparently now there's a lot of doctors that are really starting to get extremely aggressive about questioning, investigating, and in theory, pretty much stopping this entire vaccine push in Canada. You guys remember Justin Trudeau, the blithering moron up there that's a hardcore communist. He got on national television, I think it was right about a year, year and a half ago, and we talked about it in detail on the show, and he said they had already negotiated COVID injection shots, vaccines from Pfizer, all the way into 2024, Specifically talked about it from 2022 to 2023 to 2024, already negotiated and had numbers lined up and everything lined up ready to go. Now, I mean, from a scientific standpoint, obviously, it makes no sense how you can possibly even theorize what's going to happen with allegedly a new virus that allegedly just came out and what it's going to do two and three years down the road from now and how people's immune systems are going to respond to it and how it's going to mutate. But yet, it doesn't even stop them from going in and contracting and putting money together to buy more vaccines all the way into 2024. That showed you very clearly what their agenda was and what they were planning on doing. Well, now there has been literally uh, a lot, a dozens and dozens of doctors all across Canada now that are coming together and blatantly putting forward an effort. One of them in particular, Dr. William Makis, an MD, physician, and cancer researcher, wrote a detailed letter to the Canadian Medical Association on Saturday requesting they look into a sudden rise in mortality among Canadian medical professionals directly after the implementation of mandated vaccines for medical personnel. He's calling to put an end to all vaccine mandates and to halt the COVID injection until more research can be done into it. Yeah, is it, isn't that kind of how they normally do it with vaccines? Two to three years so you can kind of figure out what's going to happen with people after they get a shot? Well, yeah, that's generally how it works, but not on this case. What's interesting is he's the author of over 100 peer-reviewed medical publications. This guy's no slouch. He's very, very active in the medical community, and he's never been any type of anti-vaxxer at all. And so he's come forward in this letter, and he's addressed them entire Canadian healthcare system, essentially. And he goes, our analysis shows Canadian doctors' deaths under the age of 50 in 2022 is twofold higher compared to 2019 and 2020. Shockingly, the numbers get crazy. Doctors' deaths under age 40 are fivefold higher, and doctor deaths under age 30 are eightfold higher than they have ever been in recorded medical history. According to MACUS, CMA just sponsored the 2022 ICPH International Conference on Physician Health held on October 13th through 15th. CMA leaders discussed many topics in the conference. The one topic they did not discuss at all in this three-day conference was young Canadian doctors dying suddenly and unexpectedly directly after this COVID vaccine rollout. And he went into detail in this letter 
discussing the fact that how can you justify an 800% increase in doctor deaths under the age of 30? which just doesn't make sense. He goes, and these are all random situations that are happening with blood clots, cardiovascular problems, with strokes, random deaths. He goes, this cannot be justified, nor can you put this out to coincidence by saying, well, it just made, just pop, just kind of happened. It just happened this way. It didn't happen this way. He said there has been a tremendous interest worldwide into what is killing Canada's fully COVID-19 vaccinated healthy young doctors. Unfortunately, Canada's healthcare leaders, including CMA, do not share the interest and will not even talk about it. Both of you failed or refused to respond to my letter. You also failed or refused to respond to inquiries made by another American philanthropist, Dr. Steve Kirsch, as well as inquiries made by the journals. I am now providing you an update with information on the 80 young Canadian doctors who died suddenly and unexpectedly since the rollout of COVID-19 shots. And then he goes into the numbers that I talked about earlier. And so this is something that, again, has to get viral and people have to start pushing out there. The shadow banning on this topic that I've seen now on almost every single media platform has been so egregious to me. It's it's unbelievable. It's not surprising but literally, no mainstream media, social media will not allow any posts about this. I've had multiple people now send me, try to send me links and stuff from certain social media platforms, completely shadow banned. Pages that normally will get four and 5,000 likes on a certain topic of just any random topic, they're posting something about this, and they're getting 50 and 60 likes. I kid you not. It's I'm, I'm talking 96, 97% shadow banning. The social media platforms are completely suppressing the post. You can't find them unless you do direct searches for them, period. They're even blocking a lot of the hashtags from being able to be searched now, saying that it violates our terms and conditions and other complete and totally erroneous statements about it, but yet you can't talk about it. This is going to be a concerted effort, and this is why it is up to us to keep talking about this that's going on. There is a serious problem that's happening all across the globe right now with people that are dying, and nobody wants to address why. Everybody wants to ignore it. Everybody wants to pretend like the 24 million people now that have been diagnosed with long COVID with all these severe symptoms that are listed on the vaccine list somehow just can't seem to shake COVID from six months ago. That's why they're still having all these health problems. It's a complete and total fabricated excuse and lie to make people believe they're not doing what they actually did to us. So again, thank you for getting the truth out there and thank you for standing up for freedom and continuing to push the real narrative and the real truth why so many people are being constantly lied to right now. Also, to another news, I saw this be very interesting, switching gears, because down here in Florida, there's a lot of stuff that's happening very fast now with insurance, with repairs. A lot of stuff is still going down south. Fort Myers Beach is still, you know, gone. And uh, But a lot of stuff starting to come back together. Floridians are very resilient. It's the first time we've dealt with this. One thing that's interesting, I, and I wanted to bring this up because Dad and I brought it up the other day, and I wanted to address it a little bit further just to give everybody a heads up. This is an article that came out, actually, Kelly Blue Book from Market Watch. It said what Hurricane Ian has done to the used car market. It has said Floridians are going to need to buy a lot of replacement cars, and this could affect prices and other issues. They're saying now that Hurricane Ian may have flooded between thirty to 70,000 cars that are being completely totaled. They said the precise estimates are difficult at this time because insurance companies are still reporting claims. The news means several things for car shoppers. Used car shoppers will need to be unusually vigilant about the risk of flooded cars appearing for sales, and Floridians are going to need to buy a lot of replacement vehicles. 
Flood damaged cars can be repaired and returned to service, but doing so is often more expensive than it's worth. Cars declared total losses are generally given a salvage title and can't be legally driven in the U.S. You have to get like a rebranded title, and there's all these things you have to do if there's a flood repair. It's very, very difficult to do. Some states, though, however, allow buyers to fix them and obtain a rebuilt title. Most insurance companies will not offer insurance on a car with a rebuilt title. Some will only offer liability coverage, and they're very easy to finance. However, there's a fraudulent process called title washing, and you can put flood-damaged cars back on sale if they are essentially as undamaged used cars. Fraudsters will buy damaged vehicles that are usually total losses at an auction and move them with a st- to a state with different title requirements to retitle it and then move it back out of that state into another title and get another state title. This usually only takes a few months, and it's called title washing. Sometimes it succeeds at hiding the paper trail of flood damage. Now, Carfax and a lot of those other companies usually are pretty vigilant about this, and they will guarantee that the the vehicle does not have any type of branded title if you do a Carfax on it. However, when you start dealing with older cars that people are buying in cash, say something like you know a, a ten-year-old Honda Civic or Honda Accord, right? That may be worth you know fifteen, ten, fifteen thousand dollars. Just throw a number out there. The majority of people that are trying to buy something like that from a used dealer, a body selling a used car online like CarGurus or Auto Trader, they may not know much about. Uh, they may not know much about Carfax, and they may not do a Carfax on because they don't want to spend any money. And all of a sudden, they find this unusually low-priced Honda Accord for, you know, say eight thousand dollars, would not very high mileage, and they simply have a title from, you know, Georgia that's supposedly clean, and they buy it and they put it down here, and they don't know after they buy it, <laughs> the car's got unbelievably horrific problems with it because what a lot of these guys do is they make cosmetic repairs to hide the damage and then they sell the car used car shoppers need to learn the signs of any flood damaging on cars and i highly encourage you this if you're going to buy a relatively nice vehicle spend the extra hundred dollars i think it's 100 125 bucks and get a PPI done on the car as a private party inspection. If you're buying a ten or twenty thousand dollar car, or even especially even more expensive car than that, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar car, spending one hundred twenty dollars on a private party inspection is negligible. Because what these companies do is, you pay them, they come out, they send a rep out. These guys know cars like the back of their hand because this is literally what they have done for the last 10, 15 years: is inspections. They know what to look for in vehicles. They know signs to look for of body damage. They know the signs to look for for flood damage, and they'll also a lot of times for an extra like 40 or 50 bucks, they'll do a comprehensive detailed background report through Carfax and other venues to find out what has happened to this car. This is crucial right now. I have known multiple people that have gotten into cars with bad Carfaxes, with dirty Carfaxes out of country, stuff that's happened with floods, and these cars can be unbelievably problematic, especially if you're dealing with stuff with a flood damage. You want to talk about nightmares, electrical problems, and getting gremlins in a car? What they refer to that, that comment refers to random issues with the electrical system that constantly just go off. Like you'll be driving the car and suddenly the car just turns off, just, just shuts off. Then you tow it back in, they take it to the service rep, and the car starts right back up. It's not showing any trouble codes. Just gremlins, random things that happen. This is very common with flood cars. So I wanted to bring that out here as even Kelly Blue Book is bringing this topic up. Be very, very cautious about what you're buying if you're buying a used car, especially even if it's not from Florida. Because a lot of these guys are going to title wash these cars and get them really, really cheap from the auction for nothing. Turn around and clean them up a little bit, wash them, detail them, get the smell out of them, wash the titles through a couple states, turn around and try to sell them and make money on them. Be very, very cautious of that. And also, 
do your research. If you are having to buy a new or used car right now, even from a dealer and you know it's clean, make sure you're doing your best research to get a deal because I know a lot of these dealers, what's going to happen is now because the market's starting to slow down a little bit in cars, you're going to see it start ticking up again because the huge demand and people trying to acquire vehicles. Make sure you're not letting yourself be taken advantage of from a dealership just because you need a vehicle right now. You're better off to borrow a vehicle from somebody or rent a car for a couple days as a car rental than you are to get ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars upside down from a dealership because they're doing unscrupulous acts like adding ten and twenty thousand dollar addendums over MSRP because they tell you, well, this is what the car value is worth right now. No, it's not. The addendums are absolutely no longer going on vehicles, nor should they be. However, you're going to have dealers that try to add that on top of the sticker price to try to make you believe the car is worth much more than it is. And what happens is you go to trade in the car in a year or two, and you'll find out that addendum you paid was literal straight profit to the dealership, and they're not giving you anything even remotely close to that back. And this is how you get people that end up being forty, fifty thousand dollars upside down in a vehicle that's only worth thirty grand. And it's a very, very bad problem for people, especially with their credit, with financing, and so forth. So be very aware of that with these dealerships, because I know a few of them are very shady around here in Florida, and a lot of them are going to try to do this again now that so many people are going to be trying to buy vehicles in the state of Florida that so many of them have been totaled. But I want to get that out there first thing this morning, Dad, when I saw this article. What do you think? Uh, you know. Uh, I know the car industry well. I've got a lot of friends who own dealerships, and I, and I, you know, this is 100% right. When you buy used cars, particularly, and cars that have been washed as far as their titles or they have rebuilt titles, et cetera, uh, in many cases, you know, a bank won't even finance a rebuilt title, but it's a washed title that shows clean from another state. The bank usually doesn't do their due diligence as far as going back and doing a title search. You know, hiring a private person to inspect your vehicle is very, very important if you're buying a used car for a couple hundred dollars. You can't imagine what you can go through as far as repairs. I remember back in the 80s, I bought a used Cadillac. It was like a Fleetwood. It was a big old sled, and I bought it at an auction. Oh, my gosh. By the time I got the thing home, the radiator went out on it. <laughs> they had put some kind of radiator stop leak in it. You know, we didn't have an inspection done on it. The guy that I was with kind of warned me about not buying the car, but I needed a vehicle, so I went ahead and did it. It was only, you know, five six thousand $6,000. It wasn't much money back then. It still isn't that much money for a car at all, but uh, it was just a problem. It would be driving down the road and also just stop, stop. You know, just pull over the side of the road and just sit there, and then it would, sometimes it'd start, sometimes it wouldn't, sometimes it'd be towed, sometimes it wouldn't. Finally, I took it to the dealership, and I said, what the heck's wrong with this car? And they said, we don't know. There's some electrical issue going on with it, but it's intermittent. We can't figure out what it is because it doesn't do it when we put it on our equipment. I said, well, what's it going to cost to fix it? And they said, well, we have to do a diagnostic. We've got to pull everything apart. It's probably going to be five or $6,000 to basically get the car fixed. I only paid that for the car. So I immediately traded in on a new car, on a Chrysler New Yorker. I'll never forget this. And uh, Sharon really wanted the Chrysler New Yorker. And I told her, I said, well, I don't really like Chryslers back then. They were kind of junk. And we got home, and we closed the door on the car, just closed the door, and the mirror fell off. <laughs> just like, this is ridiculous. Because Chrysler made some really bad cars back in the 80s. So be really careful with cars. And Austin's right about addendums. If you're going to buy a car with an addendum on it, guys, just figure out you're just as pure profit to the dealership, and you're not going to get that money back when you go to trade the car in. If you put a $20,000 addendum on a Honda Accord, it's a $30,000 car. Now it's a $50,000 car. You go to trade it back in in a year, they're going to, they're going to offer you $25,000 for it. Now you're $25,000 upside down. We had a family member one time who did that. She basically had a Honda, traded in on a Mitsubishi. It broke down with her like five times in a year. It had to be towed in. She traded that back in on a used uh, I think it was a Ford Explorer, and by the time it was all said and done, she was literally twenty thousand dollars upside down on the car because she had good credit, and she had to file bankruptcy. 
It just that fast. It just ruined her credit, ruined her entire life, and she was making eight hundred dollar a month payments plus the insurance on this this Explorer that was worth. Uh, I think she paid twenty six or twenty seven thousand for it. It's worth like twelve, and so she ended up having to punch out and file bankruptcy. Don't get rid of a car if it's running good. Just don't do it. Just if, if you've got a car that's four or five years old and it's paid for, and you're gonna have to buy a new car, you want to buy a new car. Don't allow yourself to do the following. Don't buy things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people that you don't know. Don't do that. It's like buying toys and buying boats and buying all this other kind of stuff that people do. They make these giant payments, and all of a sudden now they're like stuck underneath the payment. And once the economy contracts a little bit, suddenly these car prices go down, these boat prices go down, and suddenly you got this giant nut you got to crack that you're upside down, twenty or $30,000, and now you're just stuck making payments for four or five years. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again. And it's really important that you allow yourself – you know, if you've got somebody who knows about cars and, and you know they really know cars, get some second opinions before you buy a car. And no matter what you do, always, unless you know the dealership, unless you know them really well, always make sure you get multiple prices from multiple dealerships on the same vehicle and the same deal if you're going new cars. Now, hard, on the used cars, it's hard to do that because the, all the dealerships don't have the same used car. So you can't really do that. That's why I'd rather negotiate on a new car with four or five dealerships and then also negotiate on the trade. You always want to get an out-the-door price. Don't buy the payment. Don't do that. Find out how much the out-the-door price is before they finance it, before you find out what your payment is, because that tells you how much money you're going to get back when you go to trade the car after you've made payments on it. You've got to know what the out-the-door price is. Very, very, very important. Now, also, one more thing with cars. A lot of cars now, and a lot of trucks in particular, because I've, I've owned a lot of trucks over the last 40 years, is that they come in with these aftermarket programs on them. Like they have a, you know, a special body kit they put on it or a special lift kit they put on them and all these different things. And then you go, you buy these trucks and you want to get your money back on these options that you ordered that weren't from the factory. And suddenly you find out none of these options are in the blue book. None of them are in the NADA used car book. And the dealership may or may not give you any money back at all for this extra $10,000 option you had because you put a lift on the truck or you put a different set of tires on the truck or whatever you did to the truck or the car. And suddenly you find yourself in a situation where you're upside down again. I've learned something. If you if you look on the book, the NADA Blue Book, and you see, like, if you look at a, at a Silverado, you have an LT, you have an LTZ, you have a high country, those are in the book. And many times, any other things after that, especially aftermarket installs, aren't included. Uh, years ago, I bought a Callaway Corvette. Nice car. Fast car. Super fast car, actually. And I love Corvettes. And uh, I went to trade the car back in, and the Callaway Corvette wasn't even in the book. It was an aftermarket person that put it together, and whether the dealership gave me any money back for it or not was entirely up to the dealership. But there was no blue book that said this is a Callaway Corvette at you know five thousand or two thousand or three thousand dollars. None of that. And so be really, really careful. I've gotten burned on that with that Corvette. That was a fun car, and I had it for like three years, but it was problematic. The brakes locked up on it one time, and I had to back it out of the garage with the front tires locked on. It was just a big pain. Then the main seal blew out one time when I was running down the road with Austin, and it was just a problem because – at that point, Chevrolet didn't want to cover all the warranties associated with the Callaway Corvette because it was an aftermarket person that had put a blower on the car. So be really, really careful. And now we're talking to you guys from experience on this. Now, let's talk about these doctors who are losing their lives in Canada, the 80 doctors now that have died. You know, here's the problem that a lot of these doctors have. They basically have been, lack of a better word, they've been, they've been, they've been whores for the drug company. 
I, I hate using that word, but you, you can call it prostitutes. You can call them whatever you want to call them. They've, them, but they've, they've gotten to the, to the point where if they, if they give X amount of prescriptions on X amount of drugs, they get X amount of bonuses per year, or X amount of golf clubs or X amount of trips or whatever. And they're constantly being bribed with all kinds of incentives in order to promote and to prescribe certain types of drugs, which these manufacturers in many cases keep very, very detailed records of. And so what ends up happening is these guys – learn to basically play the game with the drug manufacturers and they promote the drug manufacturers years ago we had a uh, you know we had a product that was called Viox and it was it was basically destroying heart valves and it was a real, people were using it and combining it with fenfen and all kinds of other things to basically lose weight and it was causing bad 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 heart problems in fact we've got a friend of ours who had have heart surgery and have a valve replaced and repaired because she had taken this drug. Also knows who she is. I'm not going to, out of respect for her, I won't mention her name. But, you know, Merck finally found a bunch of doctors that were out there talking about this Vioxx, and they were criticizing the Vioxx personally and professionally and on TV and radio. So Merck actually made a hit list of doctors who criticized Vioxx, according to a testimony in a Vioxx class action lawsuit in Australia. The list emailed between Merck employees contained doctors' names with labels to neutralize, neutralize, or discredit next to them. According to the Australian... Merck emails from 1999 showed company execs complaining about doctors who dislike Vioxx. One email said, we may need to seek them out and destroy them where they live. What? The plaintiff's lawyer gave this assessment. It gives you the dark side of the use of key opinion leaders and thought leaders if they say things you don't like to hear. You have to neutralize them. It does suggest a certain culture within the organization about how to deal with your opponents and those who disagree with you. The Australian went on to say the court was told that James Fry's professor of medicine at Stanford University wrote to the then Merck head Ray Gilmartin in October of 2000 to complain about the treatment of some of the researchers who had criticized the drug. Even worse were allegations by Merck Damage Control by intimidation, he wrote. This has happened to at least eight clinical investigators, and because I suppose I was mildly threatened myself, but I've never spoken or written on these issues. The allegation come on the heels of revelations that, revelations that Merck had created a fake medical journal, the Australian Journal of Bone and Joint Medicine, in which to publish studies about Vioxx had pop songs commissioned about Vioxx to inspire its staff and pay ghostwriters to draft articles about the drug. I'm posting this. This is an older article, but I wanted to bring this up when Austin was talking about these doctors in Canada who basically believe the lie of the COVID injections. If you're wondering how I'm going to segue this together to today's time, these doctors who have become prostitutes were call doctors, <laughs> what do you want to call them, of the New World Order and the, dry, and the drug companies. They've come in now. And they've allowed themselves to believe the lies and the propaganda of the injections or because they were told by their hospitals or the respective practices that they worked for that if they did not receive a vaccine, that they would basically be fired or not allowed to come to the hospital any longer. Happened to a lot of healthcare professionals that I know. And now these doctors who basically have compromised themselves by taking an experimental mRNA vaccine are now dead. And so you have to ask yourself a question. Does it go back to sowing and reaping? The doctors who stood against the dog drugs and stood against the medical establishment who did not take the vaccines, who have not died, who may have been fired, who now have been rehired by these same organizations because of lawsuits or because of the fact they ran out of staff because the other ones died, kind of reminds me of the pilot association, doesn't it? Which they were forcing pilots to have vaccines and pilots were dying from, from heart attacks. Now there's a the case of a 63-year-old bodybuilder who basically said, you know, I trust the vaccine, I trust the science, and let it be my judge. I'm taking the vaccine, and if something happens to me, you know it's, it's you know, that I was, if nothing happens to me, you know I was right, and have the courage to say I was right. If something does happen to me, you know I was wrong. Well, he died. The 63-year-old, you know, bodybuilder who was champion bodybuilder. But remember, though, he also had been a lifetime steroid abuser. 
you don't get in that kind of shape in your 60s and in your 40s and your 30s and win all kinds of national titles if you aren't taking steroids. It simply doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way because your body can't maintain enough nitrogen or muscle mass in order to compete at that level. So we have all these people now that we're promoting the clot shot or basically sick or gone or dead or have was forced, forced to take the clot shot. Listen to yesterday's show. I go into detail. I'm trying to give hope to people who may, who may have received the placebo shot or haven't suffered any ill effects from the shots because a lot of people out there did not get the real shot. So it's very important you understand that. So the more you take booster shots, the more booster shots you're involved with, suddenly the more chances you're giving yourself of coming down with a, with a, with a dog on vaccine, that's going to really, really cause a lot of problems long-term wise and, and we got to realize that with that and, and now many other people and i covered this a couple of months ago but now the, another article has come out and it says that you know we've heard about all the cases of myocarditis and pericarditis and post-injection as well as recipients repeating testing positive for the virus even after you know doing the deed but then another concerning side effect occurring are the fully vaccinated are basically going blind now wait a minute the latest out of the united kingdom suggests a growing number of fully jabbed people are losing their eyesight the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, the yellow card system, currently shows 163 cases of total blindness among people who got jabbed with the Pfizer biotech needle mRNA shot, along with an additional six cases of central vision loss and four cases of sudden visual loss. 21 people reportedly now suffer from blindness transient specifically caused by the Pfizer injection. The adverse reaction involves visual disturbance or loss of sight in one eye for a few seconds, even minutes at a time. Now, let me say something about this. There are a lot of a lot of theories out there why this is happening. But remember, the eyeball itself is very, very, very vascular. And if you have blood clots going through these different small veins in the back of the eyes, it can cause all types of problems with peripheral blindness, et cetera, and with you know, I guess transient blindness. So this microclotting from this from this drug, this 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 not a, it's not a vaccine. It's a it's a it's a, it's a drug. It's it's basically an mRNA change your DNA vaccine. It, these are like little sand spurs. That's why they call them spike protein. If you take a piece of paper and you fold it into a circle, so you can look through it like a tunnel. The inside of that, if you compare it to a blood vessel, will be called the endothelial layer. And these spike proteins are like little sand spurs. They're microscopic, and they lodge themselves inside of these endothelial blood vessels, and they cause little type of eddy currents around these sand spurs. You know, kind of, it's kind of like rippling effect. And these rippling effects cause this blood to have microclotting, and that microclotting can get into the smaller and smaller blood vessels. Because remember, you have the arteries that come in and out of the heart, and then you basically have the arterioles, and you have the then you have the capillaries, and the smaller and smaller gets to feed the cells, the more these clots affect things. So you got to be really, really careful with this because if you're not careful with all of this stuff, you can end up having this microclotting throughout your entire system, which can cause all kinds of other side effects, including strokes and heart attacks, etc., and now blindness. So. Keep telling your friends that just, you know, these shots are just something that you don't want to do. And now also I want to say one other thing about these, these, this hit squad that, that Merck put out of these people with the Vioxx. You know, I had that same thing happen to me back in the 90s. I had one guy in particular, I'm not going to mention any names, that really came after me heavily when I was doing all of the seminars and all the TV and talk shows on the top 10 foods never to eat with aspartame. And what the one thing, the first thing they try to do, they try to discredit you. You know, they try to do that. If you watch that movie, uh, Look Up, Don't Look Up which I'm not recommending it. I talked about it. It was, came out at the beginning of the year. It was on Netflix. It was actually one of, their, one of their better movies, but the language has got some bad spots in it. You know, they were, this, this group of scientists came to the White House, and they were like from Ohio State or something like that, and they had found this meteorite that was headed towards the planet, and then the White House says, 
Ohio State? What about our Harvard grads and our MIT grads? And what about the Yale grads? And we're Ohio State. I mean, whatever. What is that? They completely and totally discredited this group of scientists that had come in and found this comet. And the problem with all of this stuff is that that's what science does. That's what medicine does. It wants to discredit you if you come out and you say stuff against what they've done and how they're killing people or the side effects of certain types of drugs or certain types of quote-unquote shots. They don't want you to tell the truth. This has happened so many times with people that have come out against vaccinations. The problem now is the vaccinations have caused so much – and I'm talking about general childhood vaccinations now. They've caused so much autism and so many learning disabilities that people everywhere are talking about it, but they still promote it. And these pediatricians who basically know what they're doing is causing autism. They know what they're doing is causing learning disabilities. They still promote it because, like Blue Cross Blue Shield, gives them X amount of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bonuses. You can look it up yourself and figure out what the exact numbers are that they have an entire group of people vaccinated in their clinic who are part of their organization. And if they, that's why many times they refuse to allow you to come into these different organizations and doctors' clinics if – you don't want to have your children vaccinated because it affects their bonus structure. It's turned into a mercenary mess with medicine, and which the only thing a lot of these doctors care about is, you know, how big of a swimming pool can I buy? How many ex-wives can I support? You know, with my, you know, with my alimony. You know, how many how many ex-wives are going to have to be able to drive their Mercedes because of me? How many ex-wives are going to have multiple children with me, and I've got to pay all this child support? And now they have to figure out how to generate enough revenue in order to pay all of these bills, in order to facilitate all of these lifestyles with all of these people they've been involved with. And guys, I've seen it personally with their three and four ex-wives. I, I know guys like this. And, and they constantly are having to bring in new people into the clinic like a revolving door and do all kinds of surgeries in many cases that aren't even necessary. That's why a lot of you have contacted me via email. You've asked me about certain types of health conditions you've had. And one of the key things I always tell you is this. Always get multiple opinions because you don't know if this quote-unquote doctor that you're talking to can't make his payments this month, and he has to do certain procedures because he now needs more money coming in from a revenue stream, and you happen to be that revenue stream because you have health insurance, and they want to put you into this cascading series of events in the medical establishment. I had a good friend of mine years ago. She had some issues with her jaw. I told you guys this story, and it ended up turning this giant mess. It's been going on for five years now with hundreds of thousands of dollars in expenses, and they told her that it was routine surgery. They said, it's no big deal. This is routine surgery. We do it all the time. Well, they may do it all the time. It's been a big deal, and it's completely deformed her facially, and she's a wonderful person. And the sad part about it is, is that now she's into this medical model, and we have it happen all the time when people contact me. They're in a medical model, they have taken all of these drugs, all of these chemicals, and they put all this stuff into their body. Now they suddenly want to change their diet. I'm going to say this again, and I, I try not to be redundant, and I, sometimes I just have to be. When you have a problem like high blood pressure and you're 40 pounds overweight and you're not exercising and they want to put you on these blood pressure medications that can cause you to become impotent or cause all kinds of other health problems associated with it, wouldn't it make sense just to lose the 40 pounds? Just stop eating junk and start eating like chicken and vegetables. <laughs> I'm talking guys what I do on my, my diet and I rotate my vegetables all the time in order to maintain different mineral consistencies of the vegetables and just and just learn how to control your diet so it's no longer a quote diet plan. Now it becomes a lifestyle choice. It's a lot easier to do that. I mean, you know, I in my um in, in where I work out, I've got a gym here at the house, I have a journal and I write down my weight. Every single day, I write what body part I worked. I write what day of the week it is, and I keep a regular – and I've showed this to people that have come out of the house, and you guys have been by. You know it's true. I mean I have literally page after page after page after page, year after year after year after year. You say, are you really that organized? Yes, I really am that organized. Remember, I'm 
German on top of everything else, and I really stay that organized. And I also do that because I want to know if I'm up a pound or if I'm up two pounds that day when I weigh in. I tighten my diet up that day. And sometimes I'll write a big no with an exclamation point if I'm up two pounds, and I check it and say, okay, I'm not up two pounds. I'm okay. I'm good. Or I write no, and I'm, the next day I get make sure I'm back down to two pounds because I just cut back on my food intake that day in order to bring my weight back down. What you don't want to do is not weigh in. What you don't want to do is wonder why your clothes are tight. What you don't want to do is buy a new wardrobe. What you don't want to do is get on a scales three years later, and you've gained a pound a month, which is not much. And now you're 40, 50, 60 pounds more than you're supposed to be after four, five, three or four or five years. And now you look down and you go, what the heck? And now it's 10 years and you're 100 pounds overweight. And you think, how the heck did that happen? Well, it happened like one pound a month, which is negligible. Very important that you have a lifestyle and not a diet. And we've talked about that so many times on the show. We really, really have. Oh, by the way, I want to give you guys a little update. I, had, I got a letter in yesterday from a lady who was – a little bit upset because, you know, I've been talking about thinking about going out into the dating world, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the, the, the letters from you guys have been overwhelmingly positive. I've had one letter like this, and I'm going to make a comment about the letter. I'm not dating anybody right now. You know, I'm still really in love with Sharon. The reason I don't go into detail about the grieving process that Austin and I and our family are going through on the air is I know that you guys want me to provide a front for you guys, not a fake front, but a real front that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I try to maintain a positive attitude about all of this stuff. But guys, cut me a little bit of slack on this. You know, I mean, I'm not dating anyone. Just to let you know that up front. But what I have realized is that I have to continue with my life and go on with my life because the grieving process that occurs is something that's very, very personal. And I'm being led by the Holy Spirit to do what he wants me to do with my life. So I thank you for that as far as supporting me in that decision because you guys are absolutely awesome, and I love you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I have to do this. I have to realize that my life and Austin's life and our family's life has to move forward. And we talked about that many times on the show in the last two months, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that this is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it. And that's what I'm saying and what I'm doing on a daily basis in my own life. I'm trying to provide a really good example for you guys that, you know, when things happen to you, you have to focus on the positive stuff down the road, and you have to stay focused on working for the things of the Lord. We can't allow ourselves to be caught into a loop in which everything becomes negative and we try to run our lives through our back, through our rearview mirror. So I just wanted to share that with you, too, because it's really important that you guys understand that I love you, and I really appreciate your comments, and I really appreciate your emails that you send because what it allows me to do is to really stay in touch with everybody who's calling me and writing me and helping me and, and me helping them, and it means the world to me. You guys are absolutely amazing, and I prayed for you again today, and I prayed that God would bless you and keep you and allow your face to sh- his face to shine upon you. And the lady who sent me the, 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 the letter of criticism yesterday, I've been praying, I prayed a special prayer for her that she'd be blessed and that she'd be basically you know, touched by the Most High God, and that she'd be blessed with everything she did and everything that she's going to do. Guys, I appreciate all of you because remember – we're in this together. I'm your family, and I love you guys very, very, very much, and that's why I pray for you guys every single day. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well, it's extremely well said. And also, too, in other news, this is interesting because I've continued to tell people every single day why it's so important to make sure you maintain situational awareness when you go out. Well, this is an article that just came out from the Orlando Sentinel that there was a shooting over in Orlando, and, of course, it was at a mall at a jewelry store over at the Magic Mall and. Four suspects apparently came into this section of the jewelry store, and one of them was armed, and they decided that they were going to try to break through the glass and the the cases and steal stuff. And the owner that was there 
uh, shot two of them. The other two ran off. One of them was dead on the scene. The other one they found down the road. I guess they dumped his body on the side of the road. He was dead as well. And I just want to encourage people that come to Florida. If you're coming to move here, we're not California. (laughs) We're not New York. If that's the behavior that people are going to exhibit and you think you're going to see these videos on New York and California where they're just walking in the stores and they're busting through glass and stealing Rolexes and stealing liquor and stealing jewelry and running out and everybody stands around with their phones and watches, people don't stand around with phones in Florida when people start pulling out guns. People pull out other guns in Florida when people pull out guns. We don't pull phones out. So, again, this is why it's so important. I encourage people all the time. Be prepared because you can turn around and say these things like, well, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. It just shouldn't be like that. Okay, well, it is like that. If I see a garden of weeds over here and it's a garden of weeds, am I going to call it a beautiful garden of flowers? Or I'm going to say, well, I could do better and I can make it look better and I can work on it and I can pull some weeds and make it a beautiful garden. I can do that. But at the end of the day, you got to figure out how to get rid of the weeds first. You can't sit around and pretend that nothing's like this is going to happen because it does happen on a regular basis. Also, too, in other news that I wanted to report back on because I brought it up to you guys last Friday. I've been actively watching. There's a reason why I haven't brought anything up yet on it because it's been an extremely clandestine situation that occurred in Raleigh, North Carolina. If you guys know, I know a lot of people up there in the North Carolina area have gone up there a bunch and I don't go to Raleigh as much, usually the west side of North Carolina, Smoky Mountains and stuff like that. It's an awesome place. But I told you guys that situation that occurred in Raleigh, North Carolina, where that 15-year-old essentially was running down the street and opened fire, killed a police officer. Apparently now we find out he killed his 16-year-old brother, shot multiple other people. And the part that was I'm very taken back on is I can't get any information about anything on this. Every single news outlet covered it over Friday and Saturday and then stopped coverage on it. They've stopped coverage on it. They've talked that basically they know who this 15-year-old boy is. They actually released his name, which ironically enough, his name was Austin Thomas, which is fantastic. That was his first name. He's 15 years old. They haven't released anything about his parents. They haven't released anything about how he got the guns, multiple guns, and a backpack and ammunition and magazines, how he somehow was extremely operational with a weapon and was able to hold law enforcement off for a three-hour manhunt through the woods in a suburban area. And he's apparently in critical condition out in the hospital. They won't discuss how he became in critical condition. I'm guessing he was shot either by himself or by law enforcement. And uh, it's been – Ironic that a situation like that occurs, it gets full front page coverage as soon as it happens on every mainstream outlet, and then suddenly every single article I find on this thing is like three, four, five days old at the the newest. Everything's old news on it. Nobody's talking about it at all anymore, and I don't know what happened. All I do know is the fact that I always – I wonder whenever there's a situation that occurs that's going to benefit the narrative of talking about – banning guns and preventing gun violence and all these things we can do to make law-abiding citizens criminals by taking their guns. When you see something like this happen, it's very strange. 15-year-old kid, uh, what access did he have to these weapons? How, did he, how was he so doggone proficient? I mean, shoots multiple cops, does a manhunt for two, three hours, holds them off out in the woods. I mean, he's that well-trained as a 15-year-old. He's able to basically survive a manhunt while he's got three separate law enforcement agencies descended upon him in the suburban area. 
is was just some type of MK Ultra thing gone sideways, and they're trying to make sure it doesn't go anywhere. I don't know. I don't know at all. But one thing I do know: anytime you hear something like this happen, when there's a great opportunity to exploit it as making it another gun violence situation, like they did right at the beginning, and then suddenly it goes completely dormant, kind of like the same thing that happened with the Buffalo shooting. Remember that whole thing got all this coverage, all this coverage about this kid traveling three hours, this 18-year-old kid, then going into this supermarket in the Bronx, basically shooting all these people. Suddenly, you don't hear hardly anything about that anymore at all. Nothing, nothing about it. Remember, he got arraigned, basically had went before a judge on a Saturday, however you do that in New York, I don't even know, already set up for like a jury trial by Tuesday. That whole thing's gone completely dark as well. Can't find any legitimate information on it that's new. I found some regurgitated articles. But always question the narrative when you hear stuff, why certain shootings get full-blown front-page media coverage for weeks and weeks and weeks on end where they can exploit them. And then other shootings that are equally as bad or similar to or somewhat of the same suddenly – doesn't get anything, goes completely dark, back page, nobody talks about it all anymore, and it just disappears. Always something to remember on that, because as I've told you before, nothing that goes up in the mainstream media is coincidental. It's all specifically planned, specifically designed to create a specific narrative in the direction they want people to focus. That's why I've had a lot of people call the office. In the last couple of weeks, Steve was talking to me about this yesterday, and they've been asking about nuclear radiation, You know, basically radiation poisoning from nuclear warhead detonants detonating and he's told me the same thing we're with the same agreement i said well if you're by a military base there's some people who've called up and come close to a military base if you're close to a military base that military base gets a strategic nuclear strike you don't have to worry about anything anymore i promise you that you, you get a free cremation i mean it's, it's not trying to make dark humor what happens that's true but i've told you guys also too before there's not going to be a massive nuclear payload back and forth between the entire world. They're not going to do it. They wouldn't have spent $2.5 trillion in the last three years on 5G platform systems across the entire country. It's designed to do one thing and one thing as always, to create as much fear porn and as much distraction as they possibly can. Now, everybody's sitting in front of the television, reading their hands together, going, oh my gosh, what if Putin shoots a nuke? What if they shoot a nuke? What are we going to do if they launch a nuke? What what benefit of worrying about that is going to increase your life or increase your health or increase your mindset or give you a better well-being? It's not. The media is designed to do it. That's why I don't talk about it much on this show. Neither does Dad because it's erroneous information. If you guys have ever done any research in the news – I talk about this all the time. You can listen back to my shows, and I can give you articles back for the last 10 or 15 years. There's always a change of narrative for another boogeyman of something to be scared of. They change the narrative always, up and down, up and down, up and down. When something no longer works, they look at the algorithms on social media, on mainstream media. They look at the clicks. They look at the likes. They look at the reposts. They look at the hashtags. They look at how many viewers they're getting. They look at how many people are watching at a specific time. If the algorithm starts to decrease, it automatically flags them in their platforms and says, listen, this narrative is no longer as effective as it needs to be. It's dropped below the threshold range. It's no longer working like it needs to anymore. We've got to change up the next narrative. So what's the next thing? So we shuffle the deck. They shuffle the deck, pull out the next card. All right, this is the next option we should use on here. Go ahead and put that out there. That's why I told you guys very succinctly yesterday. It was not coincidental, in my opinion, that we had all this stuff coming out about how unbelievably deadly the Pfizer shot was finally at the beginning of the year. When the federal judge finally said, no, you cannot hide these documents, Pfizer, for 75 years. You're dumping 55,000 pages out every single month as a federal order. 
You are now not going to hide this any longer. Suddenly, literally within a week, all of a sudden, oh, Russia's going to invade Ukraine. Russia's going to invade a country that was originally part of the USSR that's smaller than the state of Texas. And suddenly the entire world is at its beck and call to feed them billions of dollars every single month to make sure Ukraine has a fighting chance against Russia. Why, why, again, has not anybody at one point in time on any mainstream media outlet in the last six months talked about Yemen? The 10-year civil war that's been going on over there with massive genocide. Oh, that's right. Because Yemen doesn't fit the narrative to keep people scared because nobody wants to talk about that because it's not going to keep people terrified against the big bad Putin. Well, of course, that's what it is. They have to have a boogeyman for everybody to be scared of. The one now is currently nuclear war. They constantly go back to this topic all the time. Remember when North Korea was getting nuclear warheads ready six, seven years ago, and they were going to get them ready to shoot across the U.S. and every single day, nuclear, nuclear, nuclear with North Korea? Oh, yeah. Remember how Iran, they were building their nuclear platform, and they were going to nuke Israel, and we were going to have to defend Israel, and they were going to do this? Oh, yeah. Remember the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq that Saddam Hussein was going to use, and he was going to use all these WMDs, and he had chemical warfare, and he had all the stuff he was going to do. We had to invade Iraq. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember how that would turn out, too. Guys, always question the narrative and look what they're wanting you to think about. There's a reason why they want you to focus on certain things. Is it prudent to have some backup potassium iodide if something were to occur? Yeah. Is it prudent to have backup food and water? Yeah. Is it backup? Is it good to have some backup ammunition and know how to actively train with your weapons? By all means, do all of those things. But don't sit around in fear and be terrified of what they tell you to do on the mainstream media because it is designed to do one thing paralyze you. When people get scared, if they're not prepared, if they're not trained, if they're not ready, fear paralyzes you. Fear makes you hesitate. Hesitation gets you killed. That's why it is important to actively understand how things happen and try to prepare and train for them. So when they happen, it's no longer new anymore. One of the biggest things that scares people is the fear of the unknown. What's going to happen next? I don't know. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen here if this happens? I don't know. The answer is I don't know. So the best thing you could do is prepare for it actively. Didn't you know to do the rest of it? Give it to God because I promise you he is the one individual who does know what's going to happen next. And there's no reason being terrified about something that he already knows is going to happen. Give it to God after you get prepped for it and let it go. That's my stance on that. But I had to address that because I feel there's a lot of people that are still watching the mainstream media way too much and simply need to understand that all this is being done with Ukraine and Russia as constant theater as it will continue to be. Also, too, in other news, this is something that I thought was interesting that didn't get very much media coverage at all, but I wanted to bring it up to you guys. <laughs> this is funny. Guillermo Funtes, the Democratic former mayor of San Luis, Arizona, now has pleaded guilty to ballot harvesting for the 2020 election season. This was a little bit back. And what's ironic about this now is the court's going to issue her uh, basically 30 days in jail for ballot harvesting, for illegally and fraudulently being involved in the election. And this is something that we constantly see on a regular basis and nobody's talking about it. We knew the election was fraudulent. We knew there was multiple states that were involved in heavy, heavy fraud. And it's funny to me that People are being held without pretrial release, without even being able to bond out of jail, sometimes for an entire year, because they're 
got charged with trespassing on criminal grounds, walking around the Capitol building on January 6th. But you have people that were actively involved, actively involved in being fraudulent in an election, and they're talking about giving them one month in jail. Shows you how the hypocrisy knows no bounds with any of these guys. Also, too, one other story I want to bring up because I got it. I just got a kick out of this, and I had to bring it up because somebody sent me the article yesterday. What they've been constantly trying to do, and this is why they do this all the time, is they constantly try to maintain victim status. They try to make people feel like they're victims in certain groups. They do this a lot with blacks. They want blacks to be mad at everybody because they tell blacks they're victims. This is why Candace Owens and a lot of other people that are in this scene continue to encourage everybody who's in the black communities that, dude, listen – they want you to feel down so you put more reliance on them. One thing that I have done when I've, I've talked to a lot of blacks that are really awake, and they're, it is funny to talk to because they don't trust anything the government says anymore for good reason from the history of what the U.S. government did. You just go back and look at the Tuskegee experiment and question everything from there on out. And one thing that's about it that I get a kick out of is the constant media race baiting. My whole thing is I don't see anything with race. I see real people and I see fake people, people that are about it, people that are patriots, people that are Christians, people that are about the truth, that are real people. These fake clown fools that run around and want to talk about what pronouns they are, want to talk about how everything needs to be like California when they move to Florida, how everybody needs to be wearing a mask for their protection. These people are fools. They're clowns. They're fake people. They don't even know who they are. All they're doing is imitating what they've been told in the mainstream media, the media has actually changed and made their own personality to dictate who they are. And it happens to everybody across the board. I've seen it happen with whites, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, everywhere. They're not themselves. They are no longer themselves. They are a built reproduction of what the media has told them to be. People like that, I don't talk to in most cases because I can't do anything with them. I've tried to encourage them, try to talk to them. But once they start all that, you need to get your vaccine for my safety. My conversation's done with you anymore at that point. But people that are real, I don't care where you're from. But one thing that everybody needs to be aware of what they're constantly doing, they're constantly putting the race bait out there. And this is the article that I saw yesterday, and I had to bring it up there because it was so funny from The Atlantic. It's the title of the article, The Racial Inequality of Sleep. Black Americans aren't sleeping as well as whites, and here's that it's a public health problem. Here's why it's a public health problem. So literally they ran out of stuff to argue about as far as one trying to race bait on these these mainstream media articles. What they do, they shuffle the deck of cards, and they say, okay – now we've got to do an experiment. And you know what was ironic? I actually read through this article because I wanted to see where they were going to come up with this massive conclusion. You know what they came up with here? They got through half this article, and I finally found something that they tried to blame it on as far as with numbers here. And they go through it, and they say, well, in this study that we found here, the white participants slept an average 6.8 hours a night. The black participants, they slept an average of 6.05 hours a night, and we're seeing, seeing here that that extra 45 minutes is because of racial inequality. That's why they're not sleeping. Guys, please don't fall prey to a lot of this unbelievably moronic stuff they put on the <laughs> media. This stuff is so 
far-fetched that they're trying to grasp at the shortest straws they possibly can to try to make people feel like they're victims when they shouldn't be. They are built by God Almighty. We're all made in God's image. Stand up proudly and proclaim who you are wherever you're from. Be proud of it. But don't sit there and play this, 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 oh my gosh, I'm a victim because now I sleep 45 minutes less than other people. Guys, give me a break. If you need to sleep good, take the total rest formula with the, with the melatonin sublingual and the magnesium brain food. If you guys want to run that, sleep like a baby with the total rest. But stop allowing people to tell you you're a victim because they come up with some moronic experiment. Just stop it. I saw this yesterday and I just, I had to bring it up because it was so stupid, but it's also almost comical at the same time, Dad. What do you think? No, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it never ends. I mean, you know, it's, it's a constant race baiting. It's, it's a constant nonsense. I mean, it's, it's stupid. I had a, a friend of mine. He was uh, well, he's no longer a friend. I knew him up in North Carolina. He worked for me some up there, our place up in North Carolina. He was a black guy from Atlanta, and everything was the white man's fault. I mean, and I, could, I would talk to him, and I would discuss it with him, and then yeah, I'd find out his brother had died from cancer because his brother had gone into the Rockefeller Rothschild Industrial Complex with chemotherapy and radiation and all the other crazy stuff, and his brother died. And that was God's fault. I mean, it didn't matter who, it didn't matter what it was. He always assigned blame. And remember, I talked to you guys about this, you know, months and months ago. I said we have a choice here: we can either be a victor or we can be a victim. But we got to choose which one we want to be. And to me, I choose to be a victor through Christ because we can do all things through Christ Jesus. This is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice in it. You create, you create a God created a blood covenant with you, and you accept Christ for who He said He is. And all of a sudden, you're in commitment and commit covenant with the Most High God, the Creator of the universe. I mean, how does it get any better than that? So choose to be a victor in your life. It's really, really important. By the way. Talking about victims, I want to just cover a second of this. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover, you know, I talked about him, that weird cross-dresser of the FBI. Uh, he's the inventor of the modern security fingerprint, every DNA record, every iris recorded through biometrics, every government dossier on every citizen in this country owes its life to him. We live in a shadow, though he's been gone for 40 years, the perverted cross-dresser. As they always told the agents of the FBI Academy when they were training, an institution is the length and the shadow of a man, which is, you know, Hoover. On Robert Kennedy authorizing Hoover's plan to bug Robert Martin Luther King, Hoover had come to Bobby Kennedy and President Kennedy and said, look, Stanley Levison, King's advisor, is a communist, which, by the way, he was. He's a secret communist. He's an underground communist, and he's using Martin Luther King as a cat's paw. We'll have to put it away. Put it that way. You weren't, you know, gainsaying Hoover if you were John or Bobby Kennedy. So they said yes. And I'm going to show, I'm going to post this article for you guys on who he is. And you know, it's just people need to realize that this guy was a weirdo. He was a pervert, and he really, really compromised the FBI at the highest levels. Now, a lot of the FBI people are good people, and they're not compromised. Same thing with the CIA. Just want to mention that. But at the highest levels, when they get involved in this constant spying on American citizens, it's really, really bad news. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys this morning. I love you. You guys are absolutely awesome. Also, go ahead and finish it up, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. I mean, obviously, when you start seeing the, you know, the U.S. school board, the national school board, starts calling on the FBI to designate American patriot parents that show up to school boards to protest transgender cross-dressing perverted things being exposed to their children and all of a sudden they're supposed to be domestic terrorists now designated as that and the fbi actually goes along with it and starts investigating it you, you gotta realize at that point we're seeing some serious compromising i mean newsflash to people that work on the school board that whole board and the entire school system is paid for by the parents that show up at the meeting 
your tax dollars that you pay in with property taxes fund the entire public school system, the entire country. If people, then they did this specifically, guys. They did it very specifically because they wanted to make sure that they ingrained those into the system. So it'd be very difficult to take them on in court because with property taxes, because of a lot of state laws, when you buy property, you owe taxes on the property to keep it because of the infrastructure that's brought into it. The waste, the trash, the water, the recycling, many of other things, the roadways, all that stuff. So what they do is they integrate that and then they put the public school system into that system as essentially the community part of the county and the city. So then at that point, it goes into your property taxes because remember – if all of a sudden you got a bill every single month, it was just all it was a straight bill for hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars a month. It was for public school system or whatever you know, however much they charge. And all of a sudden, you know, you paid on a yearly and you get this bill again, another two, three thousand dollars for you know public school system funds. You just simply look at it and say, why, are, why am I paying these? A, I don't have a kid in the public school system. B, all they're teaching them is basically perversion. I think we're going to get about 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 of this, and we're going to stop paying this stuff. And that's exactly what would happen. They knew that. The communist indoctrination knew that when they started working with this to make sure the school boards would continue to be funded to push their agenda. Always remember that, my friends. So continue to get involved. Be active. Do everything you can and be vocal at these meetings if you go to them and make sure you continue to speak the truth on your convictions. Thank you again for the support of healthmasters.com. Stay active, stay strong, keep getting the truth out there, and be sure to check out, again, like I said earlier, the product of the week, healthmasters.com, the liver support on sale right now. And also be sure to check out the advanced joint kit that I put together for you guys last week, joint rebuilding and joint relief. You get the hyaluronic acid completely for free. Those three go together really, really well. And also, too, if you want to get stocked up on anything, I'm moving a bunch of inventory around in the back. I got more stuff coming in and route over the next week. So I put the two-pack special, the food buckets in the same box together, shipped out for over $100 off normal price on there with free shipping. That will be a very, very limited time because I don't have a lot of that, but I need to move it around and have get more inventory space. So be sure to check that out on the website at healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> 